0: My stomach is turning this winter. I'm burning, I'm alive again. And already I'm mad. Welcome to a brand new episode of My Comic Shop History. I'm your host, Anthony Deziato. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to everyone who has been listening to My Comic Shop History. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying the episodes. If you have been, um, I would like to ask all of you to, uh, to make a little noise and uh, help others find the show as well. Um, if you haven't done so already, um, please like the page on Facebook. It's just My Comic Shop History. Uh, follow me on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Desi Westside. That's D-E-S-I Westside. And if you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe to the podcast uh, on iTunes. And if you're really feeling generous, uh, ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. Um, And all of those things, you know, Facebook likes, uh, Twitter retweets and favorites, all of that, um, all just goes towards, you know, helping other people uh, find the show. Uh, But once again, thank you to everyone who has been listening. Uh, This podcast was originally intended to be 10 episodes. Uh, But I've been having so much fun doing it that uh, I decided to expand it to 12. Uh, So we're going to have two extra episodes. It will continue to run uh, every Wednesday uh, through July 1st. Uh, So we've got some great stuff coming up. Uh, Next week's episode is going to be our business school episode, uh, where I speak with another comic shop owner and two other uh, business savvy individuals. Uh, And we're going to be talking all about what it's like to open and run your own comic book shop. Uh, And then the final show of this month uh, is going to be Wednesday Widows, where we speak with some of the female significant others, uh, including my own, uh, of some of our male uh, community members. So that should be a really fun episode. Uh, And then that'll take us into June, and we'll have uh, four more episodes that month as well. All right, so without any further ado, uh, let me introduce this week's guest uh, and kick things off. Uh, Tom Darby is a longtime uh, customer and former employee of Alternate Realities. Uh in addition to Sean McInerney, who we spoke to on a previous episode, uh Tom's the person I probably spent the most amount of time uh working with uh at the store. Tom, welcome. Thanks for having me. This is I'm ex- I'm super excited for this. Oh, that's great. No, it's going to be a blast. Uh we had a lot of fun working here over the years, so hopefully that'll translate uh, into oh this episode. God. Uh before we get to that though, um we do actually have some some breaking news to uh to discuss.
1: We do. We do.
0: Big news. Uh, so when I decided to do this podcast, uh, th- the reason was that uh, Steve Odo, the owner of Alternate Realities, had uh, announced that the store would close at the end of June, and um, we were operating under under that assumption. Uh, however, uh, as of today, a new notice went up uh, on the door <laughs> to the store. Tom, would you like to do the honors and, and read, the, read the announcement? Absolutely.
1: All right, so here goes. Newest update as of five fifteen fifteen. Landlord and buyer have come to a tentative agreement with regard to rent, so we are going forward with the sale of the store. What does that mean? It means that alternate realities is not closing. As with all things, nothing is written in stone. So who knows what news next week will hold. But for now you can breathe a sigh of relief. AR is not dead
0: So according to that uh... The store will not close uh, on June 30th, after all. Um, again, as Steve says there, we still don't know. You know, things could still change again. Um, but, uh, yeah, shortly after he announced the closing, uh, there was a, a buyer who was interested. Uh, it seemed like it was not going to work out, mainly because of the the rent and the situation with the landlord. But according to this notice, uh, it seems like they've worked it out. Um, but, uh, again, the podcast will continue. Either way, it's, a, you know, the end of a significant period uh, in the store history and like steve said we still don't know what what will happen yet but uh you know before before we sat down to record we were uh sort of uh expressing a little bit of sympathy for uh our former co-worker steve ryan who still works here and he didn't know anything about this and he <laughs> walked in and he saw the sign do you think steve should have told him ahead of time
1: i think so we were we were saying before that at least a text message something along those lines just to give the guy a heads up because he walked in all of a sudden brand new sign on the door
0: saying he's we're not closing yeah so uh so that's the latest and i don't know we'll we'll see what happens but you know it's funny because from the start again there was a little bit uncertainty as as to what what was going to transpire after steve announced the closing um but my feeling was you know we do the show we operate under the assumption it's closing if and when that changes we address it we're addressing it um, you know, so we'll, I guess, continue to, to, to check in on this as, as the weeks go by.
1: This is kind of exciting. You know, it is a new development. I mean, who knows what tomorrow will hold next week. It could all go down the toilet, you know, in the next couple months. Who knows?
0: Do you th- I mean, do you think it was a little overly dramatic on Steve's part to initially announce that the store is closing at the end of June? If, if he was in fact interested in, in finding potential buyers, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it was definitely, you know, very, very dramatic. Uh, he made that big thing on Facebook. He upset a lot of people. There was a lot of emotion, a lot of feelings going on at that time.
0: Now, I mean, as you've, you've heard, Tais, I know you've been listening to these episodes, and I've been asking everybody, you know, for their take on the store closing and the announcement and all of that, and I definitely want to get your take. One reason why is I feel like everyone I've spoken to so far has expressed, um You know, a lot of sadness over the store closing, Um, you know, a lot of sentimentality about about the store and their history with the store. Knowing you the way I know you, I sort of (laughs) feel like your your response might be a little bit different. So, I mean, I guess what what was your what did you feel when you, you know, when Steve uh, put that announcement out there that the store was closing?
1: Initially, um, just to echo what everyone else was saying, you know, it it is an end of an era. Um, We're going to lose our clubhouse. But deep down, I was like, this is my chance to get out of comics. Like, I'm not enjoying what I'm reading. I think everything out there is trash. And I think this is a good way out. I'm more focused on collecting artwork and just buying books, buying merchandise is really a waste of money for me. And now with the store closing and Steve not being in charge anymore, I think this is a perfect jumping off point for me.
0: So now, again, you've been you've been shopping here for a long time. You worked here for a period of time. Um, when did your affiliation with the store begin?
1: When I was in high school, um, Sean, Mike, and I um, we first came here when the store was having one of its big sales, and I believe Sean went out first and discovered the store, um, took advantage of the sale that which was going on at the same time, and had told Mike and myself. So then all three of us later that same day came down to the store to check it out for ourselves because we, we only really knew comic book Kevin and dragon's den. We didn't really know this place existed. So when we came in, we were like, wow, this is an awesome place.
0: I'm hard pressed to remember the first time you and I met. I want to say that it was, I want to say that it was at one of the store dinners, but I might be mistaken. I have, I have, I remember
1: it was a Wednesday or, or, or someday during the week I think you were working, or it, it, again, it, it could be it could have been on a Saturday when we were meeting before dinner. But you and I we were talking about TV shows and I think like DVD sets. That was it, really important.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we had very uh, very specific ideas about uh, you know DVD packaging.
1: Yes, in particular. Yes,
0: um, but it was great. I mean it was so much fun to to talk to you about that. I mean that was something that um, you know I was really into, but didn't really have anyone to talk to about it previously. Agreed. Uh, and so I was like, oh, someone else thinks about <laughs> this
1: stuff, too. Who doesn't? You know, you pay money for a set. And if it comes out crappy, you know, you should have a, a soundboard to, to voice that. But no, that, that was actually interesting that we actually got we hit it off, you know, talking about TV and, and, and specifically DVD packaging. That, that's you know, So I'm not going to say it's bizarre, but, you know, others might think it's bizarre, but, you know, fuck them.
0: I think the first show we re- really talked about was Prison Break.
1: Yeah, yeah, Prison Break. That was a That was a great show. Yeah. And we we had a lot of fun conversations about speculating about the shows and the characters. And with all the shows, we always even to this point, you know, we any new shows that we have watched, we'll ask one another, have you watched it? What do you think about it?
0: And everything came full circle. So we started talking about Prison Break, and now we have, uh, you know, DC announced their new Legends of Tomorrow TV show with our favorite actors, Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell. So uh, the, the the leads of Prison Break. So they're reuniting for that new DC show. So it all uh, it all comes back around. So speaking of the the television shows that that kind of brought us together, um, in a previous episode, we spoke of the the infamous uh, white collar sale that you and I spearheaded. Um, just to, to give a little context and, and elaborate on that a little more, do you want to explain what, what that sale was?
1: So Anthony and I, we had really, really gotten to the show called White Collar. Um, it's about a con man and an FBI agent who worked together. Um, and specifically, we had enjoyed the show. Um, specifically, though, how they dressed. Um, the main character would wear um, slim suit, vest, and a fedora. So we thought that was like the coolest thing that you could possibly wear. So we were got we, we were always talking about doing a sale when Steve wasn't around just to kind of move merchandise. Um and it would be fun to do a themed sale. So white collar just seemed like the, you know, the best one that we could do at the time because we were so into the show. Um and we went shopping for fedoras. That's it.
0: Oh my god, I forgot it. We went to men's warehouse. Yeah, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, we're shopping for fedoras. Yeah, that was it, that was a... <laughs> Did we drag strong alone that t-
0: Oh, oh, we, we might have dragged Sean along, so Sean was working at the store with us at that point. I don't think we got them at Men's Warehouse, though. I feel like I don't know where I got mine. We went to oh Sims, I think right, 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 Sims, yeah, the now defunct uh, store. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we got fedoras. I mean, as I, uh, I mean, as I explained in that prior episode, you and I were much more into it than Sean was. Yeah, poor
1: Sean. He was a good sport about it, though.
0: He was. He yeah, was a good sport about he it. Was, and I mean, I have the, the black and white photo of of the three of us. Uh, so I'm gonna throw that up. That'll be I'll crop Sean out because it's just you and me for this episode. <laughs> uh, so that'll be the the photo for this episode. But uh, yeah, we did that. It was it was fun. I mean, I don't know how the customers really responded to it. I mean, I they were they were like,
1: "Why are you guys dressed up that way?" <laughs> that was the only question that they asked. Why are you dressed up that way? And our response was, "Why aren't you dressed up this way?"
0: <laughs> it's true. Well, oh, I will say this. I think it did serve it did serve an actual function in that. As you said, you know Steve was away. We had a big sale, and you know we had signs on the store. But again, for those who are familiar with the store, we've been describing the store. There's there's a lot of stuff going on in here, and often a lot of signs. And sometimes they can they can get lost in the shuffle. People walk right by them. So in a way, it was almost like we were a walking sign because they would stop and look at us and be like, "Oh, what's going on?" It was like, "Oh, it's the white collar sale."
1: Right. Exactly. We had flyers up, and of course they they missed them all. So. As you said before, we were like a walking advertisement. They took advantage of the deals. And it was a nice one, too. We, it was like a, a weekend sale, right? It was like three or four days.
0: Yeah, it was. We did very well. Um, I don't know how impressed Steve was. He didn't really seem no. to care when we handed him that wad of cash when he came back. Oh, yeah. we,
1: we, we Yeah, we just banked up all of the cash. We, 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 we rung did we ring it into the register? Might have not. For,
0: for uh, In case the IRS is listening, <laughs> yeah, it all went through the cash register. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But no, yeah, in any case, we, we just, you know, we, we took up the totals and we had a wad of cash. I'm like, here you go, Steve. This is a portion of what we did for the weekend.
0: You know, you know, Matt Casey, the guest in the episode where we talked about it, he you know basically made fun of us you know, yeah, for he doing did. this. What he was did. your response to that? Why did you feel when you heard him uh, say that we were goofy for doing that?
1: Well, you know what? He's never, ever done anything like that. He's never spearheaded a sale and have been able to hand Steve a wad of cash. And impressive numbers. We saw a lot of shit that day
0: did but uh it you know he did give us credit he was like you know you guys went you know we, we went all in we did and uh yeah i mean that's the way you got to do it it was fun i mean we ended up making it a trilogy so we did it three years in a row all during the same time it got progressively less fun <laughs> <laughs> steve was around <laughs> yeah right so that first year we did it steve really was really out of our hair i think his now wife was visiting town and he was really occupied
1: he was entertaining her and you know just showing her around so we had the store to ourselves yeah
0: Yeah, and then each year after that, he he was here more and more. And And that's when the sales declined. (laughs) Yeah, to the point that, uh, yeah, we made it our our finale. But uh, it was fun. I like to think that on the second and third year, when customers came in and they saw it again, that there was some level of recognition.
1: Definitely, definitely. They're like, oh,
0: it's that time again.
1: Exactly. And and it showed that we kind of cared about what was going on. We wanted something fun.
0: So we did the white collar sale. We toyed with doing a number of others and i want to get to that in a second Mm -hmm. but the only other one that we actually did was the burn notice sale it was not very successful (laughs) no
1: no it was over the summer though so we were really uncomfortable i think the ac was 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 pretty shoddy well it's always shoddy but that that day was especially shoddy
0: yeah uh so uh, you know again we are big fans of those usa shows i guess so we did you know the white collar sale then burn notice about a you And uh, yeah, so we did that I have some pictures from that too. I I could throw up, but uh, why not? I think part of the problem we didn't really advertise that one as aggressively as we did the white collar sale, so Agreed. that might have been why. I don't think many people knew it was happening or took advantage of it. But uh, we did dress up as as Michael Weston, the main character. Yep, we did. I think that was also the day you you had recently gotten your your one of your tattoos, right? I was
1: in such pain
0: wearing that long sleeve shirt. I was in
1: such pain. My arm was like purple and brown. Uh, and yeah, as as you said before, I had just gotten you know a, a new you know some more tattoos, and it was literally the day before, so I was itchy, I was throbbing, I was so miserable that day.
0: Yeah, I mean you know at the end of the day, <laughs> I guess they probably were <laughs> kind of goofy the things that we did, but you know we had fun and we committed to it, and uh, you know I, I think people enjoyed it overall. There were yeah others that we thought about doing and never followed through for whatever reason. I don't know. But uh, some of the ones that I, I had thought of before we recorded were um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because we do have the sunny shirts. We do have
0: the shirts. Um, yes, for those who have seen the movie that I made about this store, that's the shirt that we're wearing when Yumi and Sean are singing. The, when uh, I was
1: screaming. Yeah. Bad. Oh, that was so bad. During
0: the, uh, the post-credit bloopers. Uh, <laughs> and we, those are the shirts that we're wearing uh but it was always sunny in philadelphia we were gonna wear right the paddy's pub shirts uh chuck was another one
1: yeah and that was and that, that would have been an easy um you know dress up there too and again chuck was a you know we, we love that show it was a great show um yeah it was you know button down t-shirt tie pocket protector done
0: deal yeah simple uh prison break i think was one that we were going to do as well right I think we we toyed around with that, but we were thinking like, how are we going to pull that off?
1: <laughs> that one, that one would be tricky, definitely.
0: Yeah, that one would have been a little. I mean, I guess I don't know, like the prison jumpsuits, those blue, uh, those those blue numbers. I don't That's, know.
1: Yeah, I mean, because there were some episodes where the characters were out in the yard and they wore like you know the uh uh the, the blue jackets and and the wool hats when they were outside. You know, like uniform type pants, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we we're gonna pull that one off. That was good.
0: Yeah. All TV theme. People are probably listening and like, it's a comic book shop. Why wouldn't you do something comic book related?
1: <laughs>
0: do we ever try to do a comic book one? I don't know. Well, you know, it's funny, I mean like now because this was a few years I mean it was not like that long ago, but it was a few years ago. It was definitely before I mean this wave of the comic book television shows especially mm-hmm. and even the comic the comic book movies i mean they were happening but uh, they not, weren't not to the extent that they are now exactly exactly so maybe we would have maybe we would have done like a flash or arrow themed uh sale
1: yeah if had had you know the sales been now let's say if we saw the enthusiasm um yeah arrow or the flash something like that that would that would have been you know doable
0: so I remember so Sean and I were working here together for a period of time before you you joined on, and you basically got your job the same way he did by like volunteering <laughs> your way into it, right?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, so it first started out where um, Steve had a shipment of drawer boxes coming in. I uh, explain
0: what the drawer boxes are.
1: Oh, yeah, so um, they're basically heavy duty comp boxes that you can stack, um, and you can, they're, they're like drawers. you just slide them out um, and they're, they're a little more expensive, and they had to be delivered from like Colorado, I think.
0: They are actually pretty, for, for comic book fans who, who are not familiar with them, they should probably look into them. They are pretty cool. Um, only comic book fans will get excited <laughs> about a different kind of long box. But it's just, because right, you can stack them and then just pull out the individual box as opposed to if they're regular long boxes, you got to take everything off.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, so, he was, so he was
0: getting a shipment in.
1: He was getting a shipment in and it parked around the back because that's where the deliveries come in and we were going to store them in the back. Um, just to give a little, you know, Steve's going to appreciate this, but, um, the weather was looking very, very shoddy that day. It looked like it was going to pour, you know, luckily we, we, the weather held out for us very, very well. Um, so Steve claims that he held back the weather for the hour and a half that we unloaded the truck. So Steve would, or Steve would definitely appreciate that.
0: You kind of fed into that though. You, you, you claim to have witnessed that. I witnessed
1: it. Yeah. It's, and I hate to feed into his, his, his craziness. But it was true. The weather did hold up, and on both sides of, uh, of Central Avenue, it was looking really, really cloudy.
0: So, so you helped out at that point, and then that from there, you you sort of parlayed that into a, an actual part-time job?
1: Definitely, yeah. So the door boxes got me the employee discount,
0: which was oh, cool. Oh, okay. Which was cool.
1: And then, just as everyone, I just had Sean um, do the same thing, just showing up on Wednesday, helping out.
0: I mean, generally. Sp- I mean, there are some specifics that I definitely want to get into <laughs> about your employment here, but uh, I mean, generally speaking, how you know, what was the experience like?
1: It was a lot of fun working with you and Sean, um, and as as we as we collected the car ourselves, the team, we did a lot of good work with the store. I, I was I was really happy. It, it was a great time to work with your friends in a you know in an environment that's that's pretty loose and relaxed. A lot of fun.
0: Now. It- you have one of one of the most famous moments, I think, of, of my comic shop documentary, where you talk about uh, working with Steve at the at the warehouse, uh, where he keeps a lot of his overstock, and you have your famous line about how <laughs> Steve took you to the warehouse to rearrange stuff, and 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 what did you say that uh, you you actually did when you were there?
1: Yeah, so basically, I just turned every box to the right, <laughs> literally. That's all I did.
0: Well, it's you know what I, I can believe that because a while back, but but after your experience, um. A few of us went to Steve's garage to help him go through a collection that he had purchased, a large collection. Uh, It was Rich Roney, uh, Drew Cheskin, a former owner of the store, and myself, and Steve. And we were going through the boxes. I guess the purpose of of the day was to go through and see, you know, what what was the good stuff? What was the stuff that we could bring to the store to sell at that point, as opposed to just leaving it in the garage until who who knows when? God
1: knows when, yeah
0: but honestly much i think like kind of like your experience i think all we really accomplished was we moved <laughs> we moved a bunch of boxes to the driveway and then put them back inside i mean we pulled out some things to bring to the store but not much
1: it seems you know just to the listeners listening out there it, it seems like we do all of this work and it's for nothing we're moving boxes left and right and forward
0: and backwards
1: to bring in one or two books yeah that, that's got to seem like you know what the hell are these guys doing there
0: now you know there were there are a number of tasks involved with, with running a store. Some we've touched on. Others we'll you know we'll talk about in, in upcoming episodes. Uh, again, next episode is really going to be about the business, you know, of running a store. But one task in particular that uh, you and I detested, uh, but we did well, was the cycle sheet count.
1: I like to call it Desi and Darby ran Sundays.
0: We did so every Sunday. Again, we've we've talked about this before, but to just to catch people up. Um, Steve does a cycle sheet count whereby he counts every single comic book on the new wall every single week. And uh, in theory, (laughs) (laughs) in theory, the idea is he does that so that he'll know how how many copies of each book he needs to order. Um, You know, if he obviously if he has a stack of books of a particular title left on the on the wall, he'll order less for next time and and vice versa. Um, But it's really a godforsaken task. Uh, But we did it well. We we would bang that out pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. So it is a tedious task. And I understand if one person is doing it takes a long time. It's very, very frustrating because you have to count every single book on the shelf. Uh, The different covers you have to distinguish between. Um, if he has overstock in the back somewhere, so you have to do some quick mental math. Especially when Steve was doing it, he was calling out the numbers. If you didn't know your math and you slowed him down, he got pissed. And, you know, Steve likes to, you know, contend, and I kind of agree with this to some point, but uh, he taught me how to figure, like, on the spot.
0: All right, well, it's, that's you know, you learn some stuff. You do learn some stuff, apparently. (laughs) One book that I remember we counted a lot of because you never really saw was Marvel Apes.
1: Yeah, Marvel Apes. Uh, he ordered 150 copies of that, and he, be- he just really believed in this book. Um, so whatever was on the shelf, we-, we counted, and we did it for a couple weeks. And I think one week we were just like, "Fuck it. let's just, you know, it's probably the same as last week. Let's try to memorize some of these some of these numbers.
0: I don't know. I feel like if the cycle sheet count worked, maybe there wouldn't be as, yeah. as much overstock in the store.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, and I mean, we've always questioned Steve's system here and there, but the cycle sheet count—it, it, it, in theory, it's supposed to help you get to the, you know, what what books to order and how many to order. But it seemed that it, you know, he keep on doing the counts, but the numbers would still be off. They would always be off. <laughs> and you know, it's what's the point? Like, you should be, you know, hitting your mark. On the spot. I mean, give or take, it was a new issue, a new book, a new series. You make a few mistakes, but when you're fifty, 50, a hundred books over, on issue number eighty, something's amiss.
0: So one of the other things that we did that it's one of my favorite uh, of, of our work stories was, <laughs> and I don't know how many other people in the store history, especially employees, i.e., non-owners, got to do this, but we actually at least once, maybe twice, actually went to UPS to pick up the new comic book delivery and bring it to the store. And we broke down the shipment ourselves.
1: That, that was such a, that was a train wreck well, at that, that place. <laughs> not, not us,
0: but just UPS security. That's my favorite part of that is we, so, so again, UPS, you know, they're used to seeing Steve every, every Wednesday. Well, at this point now it's Tuesday that he's able to pick up the books. And actually at that point it was too, because I remember doing it on a Tuesday night. I don't. I think it was Wednesday because we got there. Because we got there really early. Because you were upset
1: because you didn't want to get there early. No, that, I know yeah, you, I'm not an
0: early. I'm not, not a your, morning person. You're not a morning person
1: <laughs> at all. So you were kind of like peeved about that. Um, when they said they had we had to wait.
0: So you know, UPS they're used to seeing Steve every week, and so we show up to pick up the alternate realities shipment. And the the UPS guy goes like, oh, do you have any identification? (laughs) And we happen to be wearing our alternate reality shirt. I mean, it's a shirt that hundreds of people have. I mean, Steve got these shirts made with the AR logo and the website on the back. That's all it is. That's all it is. And we just kind of pointed to our shirts and he was like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, like, what kind of security is that? We could have been, you know, people just wanted to take the books. It, it was it was so crazy.
0: Just rogue comic book fans.
1: Exactly. Just taking someone's
0: shipment. So that's one part of the story that always stands out to me. And the other is uh, when we were actually breaking down the shipment um, and by that I mean unpacking all of the books, counting to make sure that we receive the amount we're supposed to, making sure the books aren't damaged, and then uh, probably the, <laughs> the worst part of it putting the books into the folders of our reserve customers who, who asked for them. And um, again, this has been touched on before, but the way steve's system works is ahead of time he makes lists um, by by title so action comics for example if that book is coming out in a given week he'll have the reserve number of every customer who gets that book uh, so that's how you know obviously whose folder to to put it into um, and we have a you know two two tall filing cabinets with the folders in them and you know you go through and you put the books in but what we always said was that that doing that, i feel like you know, we really walked a mile in the man's shoes. We
1: really did. We really did. Um, and and we had always joked that Steve's, you know, he's he's you know, he'd act crazy. But now we know why, because when you're constantly opening and closing those file cabinet drawers, that shit drives you nuts. That drove me nuts. <laughs> and I was and I was thinking to myself, if I had to do this for God knows how long, he was doing it, I would have, I would have been, I would have been crazy myself.
0: It's true. It's like all of a sudden, I feel like everything, all of his made it made sense. isms made sense.
1: Right? It made sense. Exactly. Exactly.
0: It's like, oh, death is the ultimate release.
1: <laughs> when you're doing that for two hours and you're constantly opening up and closing the same freaking drawer.
0: And then, of course, there are the customers.
1: Yes. Our We're, favorite people.
0: Yeah. So what, <sighs> uh, you want to talk about the customers generally first and then we can get into the nicknames?
1: Sure. You know, uh, again, a lot of them are good people. They just come in, buy their books, you know, a couple little, you know, pleasantries here and there. Talk about what what do what they like? A um, couple of ones that are a little aggressive, I guess, or
0: no text.
1: No text. All Myster- right. <laughs> yeah, we got to tell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. you know what's? I gotta say, I mean, I'm really like there are some stories that I go into these episodes like planning to tell, but then there are other ones that just come about as we're reminiscing. Right. And this is one of them. So we have this. Oh, this I don't know if he even comes in anymore. Maybe he does. But Probably. this older Russian gentleman named Oleg, who's a huge Star Wars fan, he buys he buys everything Star Wars related, uh, specifically the statues, but he buys the comics too. Mm-hmm.
1: Everything Star Wars.
0: And uh, Steve gives him a discount. He gives him, is it 20 or 25% off? Yeah, 20 or
1: 25.
0: Yeah. Um, in addition to that, and unbeknownst to us at the time, he also doesn't charge Oleg tax, and you found out the hard way.
1: Oh yeah, I found this firsthand. Um, I had rung him up and I hit him with the tax. And so the amount was probably you know X dollars and twenty three cents. And he goes to me, uh, "Do you charge me tax?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "No tax, no tax." So that became a running joke between all of us uh, whenever we saw oh, like, no tax, no tax. So again, he 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 really shamed. Well, he shamed me basically in front of everybody. So I, was, I, was, I I took that one on the chin right there.
0: I mean, honestly, it would have happened to any of us. Were there any other contentious customer interactions that you had?
1: Uh, if anything, I was probably the one who was contentious. <laughs> when a famous one was, was when Anthony we were working the register one day um, on a Wednesday. And for some weird reason, um, the customer's they would come up in waves.
0: It wasn't consistent.
1: No, it was, no, no you're right. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't consistent. And all of a sudden, when we wanted to take a break just to go to the bathroom or um, get something to eat. They would just come up. And I, I did, I did, I, one day, I just lost it. And I was like, these fucking customers, they're all fuckers. That's what I had said. And like one guy was right there in front of me. And I was like, shit, I probably shouldn't have said that. But he was like, oh, okay. Really? <laughs> so I was, if anything, I was more contentious towards them than them towards me.
0: Now, speaking of the customers, so, you know, in a prior episode, Sean and I revealed some of our nicknames for customers. Uh, the nicknames we revealed, that's not an exhaustive list. There are more. So uh, welcome to round two of oh, yeah. customer nicknames.
1: This is like 2.0. Yeah.
0: Which, uh, which ones uh, stood out to you that you wanted to talk about? All right.
1: About? So there would be certain customers that would come in just on Sunday. So, of course, there's a couple of oddballs and we hone on to those people really, really fast. There was one guy um, called Beardface. Um and of course he had a thick beard. And he always wore that green jacket. Yeah. He would oh, he would come in, he wouldn't say a word, he'd be very, very, very quiet and he would stay to himself and he would buy like B P R D or Hellboy or whatever those, those right, fucking right. books are. Um, and you know, he would come up really, really like, you know, kinda of with his head down. Um, not not say too much, and he would buy his books and just leave. So, you know, we, we kind of teased, you know, like that's Beard Face. Decent guy.
0: I mean, not the most clever of nicknames. <laughs> I mean, it was literally, <laughs> it was he had a beard one. on his face.
1: <laughs> but still, it, it was keeping it traditional of giving, giving people nicknames.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, because, I mean, uh, you know, some people's names we actually know, but others, I mean, him in particular, I think he might have even paid cash, so he would, you know, we, I guess we could have asked him his name. <laughs> we
1: could have asked him, but yeah, again, like you said, you know, no credit cards, so we didn't really have any access to just to knowing his name.
0: Along the lines of uh, really obvious nicknames, one of our other Sunday visitors, uh, well, who, you want to say who that was? Oh, sure,
1: yeah, this is Headphones. Um, another gentleman who would come in, definitely an oddball, This this is this is great. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Headphones would always have headphones on. Um, He would come in. Um, Sometimes he would buy books, sometimes not. What he would do is first he would buy his books, pay, come back into the store, look around, do a a once over, and then buy his bags and boards separately. Um, There would be some weeks where um, he wouldn't buy any any comics, but just buy the (laughs) bags and boards. Yeah. So one day you would ask him, you know, as he was buying his books, do you want any bags and boards? And, and he said no.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was trying to circumvent the usual process, but I think I really, I, you know, I don't, that didn't fly.
1: No, definitely not. So, you know, he, he had said no. We thought, okay, that's the end of it. But sure enough, does his little once over, grabs his bags and boards, pays, gets out. Yeah, what it, a crazy guy. Yeah,
0: it was weird. Right. Yeah, I agree. Especially when he would not buy any comics and just buy them. It's like, what are you bagging and boarding? You don't have any comics this week. <laughs> but along some of the lines, there was another customer would, who only ever, I think he might still come in, but he would only ever buy previews. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. He would Which is basically Sundays. the,
0: right. Yeah, I guess he, maybe yeah, I've seen On the him. scooter. On the scooter guy. Scooter guy. Yeah. We never called him that, <laughs> but we did, new, new nickname. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he would just buy previews, which is the, you know, the, the catalog. So you see what's coming out three months from now. And that's all he would ever buy. So it's like, does he, I mean, maybe he just likes knowing what's out there or he ordered elsewhere. I guess. All right. So beard face, headphones. What What were some of the others?
1: Um, Pozo.
0: Pozo. Not actually a nickname. That was actually his real his name. His real
1: name. Exactly. But we just, you know, it's just an odd name to have, I guess. It sounded I mean, like
0: he was in the circus. Right. Exactly. Pozo the clown
1: or whatever. <laughs> Very but, nice guy. Oh he, was, oh, he was such a nice guy. He was such a good sport about it, too. Because he would scream his name as he came in. We were like, Pozo! And people were like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? But he was such a good sport. Yeah, we like Pozo. Yeah, And, and, his, and his friends. The yeah. twins, right? The twins, yeah. Oh No, those guys were weird. Pozo was probably the normalest of, of, of that crew. Uh, there was, uh, I think Steve coined this term. Uh, coined that term, but name. Uh, Crazy pawnee. And I think we encountered him a few times because we opened the store on a Thursday, and that's when he would come in. And his last name is is, is Pani, and he would always, you know, call in advance um, to to have to have us hold one of the books for him. Um, So Steve just kind of uh, put it aside and called and just nicknamed him Crazy because he would literally wait outside of the store Uh, if Steve was late or someone was running late.
0: He would just wait there. I was never late. I was always right on time, right
1: I still contend that you you know got to the store a little bit early and just waited in your cars to piss me off.
0: I really promised that that wasn't the case but <laughs> <laughs> you're very you're very adamant about it so I'll let you have that one
1: yeah yeah let, let, let me have that one. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, you're actually giving me more credit. It's like you're you're assuming that I actually was early, which is not the case. It was always like, I might be brought driving by the uh, the Burger King like a couple, <laughs> you know, like half a mile uh, up the road and be like 2.59 here for three o'clock. <laughs> I
1: still contend to that, that you did it on purpose.
0: <laughs> well, maybe. One of my favorite nicknames that you and I came up with, this is probably more you than me, um, and it's actually not directly AR related, but... Uh, for a number of years now, our go-to dinner spot when we go out as a group on Saturday nights is Mickey Spillane's, which is in Eastchester. One of the one of the waiters there, we nicknamed him Impatient Waiter.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. This uh, this guy, this guy is great. He'll when he brings out the food, he'll he'll announce what he has in his hand, like you know, cheeseburger. Um, however, if you don't respond right away, he starts screaming, literally like cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger with salad. And he would be so impatient, he wanted, he wanted to just keep, keep the line moving. And so we would always, you know, contend that if you don't answer right away, you're going to get yelled at. And, and, and Sean...
0: <laughs> well, Sean, yeah, Sean very famously, uh, I guess he didn't want to get yelled at. And he was also hungry because an uh, impatient waiter came by with food that was not at all what Sean had ordered. But no one was claiming it. and so Sean just took it! He just said, took it!
1: He just took it exactly. It actually so,
0: belonged to like the table next to us. It wasn't even any of us. I don't think. Oh
1: yeah, there's been some times where, where we've eaten people's other people's food just because we don't want impatient waiters to like you know I don't know kill us or something.
0: Impatient waiter is great though. I maintain no one else seems to have ever heard this except me. But he when he says burger, he 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 changes the R to an N. I swear he's like beef burger. <laughs> uh, he does have an accent. He yeah yeah that. <laughs>
1: He does. He, he does. does.
0: He does. Um, it's well. Um, when I was doing the, the documentary, I never, I didn't follow through on this, but an idea I had was to do uh, fake trailers. So just do like film these little teasers for movies that didn't exist, <laughs> um, but to just kind of have that out there. And one of them was going to be impatient waiter. Why not? Like the untold his... tale of impatient waiter. I mean, he he keeps things moving.
1: He does keep things moving, and we have no idea what goes on in the kitchen. He could be running the kitchen for all we know. Keep keeping keeping you know the cooks in line. Oh, speaking of nicknames, we have nicknames for ourselves. Yes, we do. What are they? Um, well, well, you are you are Desi. That is true. Yes, you know, I mean, it, it's not, not nothing insulting. Um, Doug has one. He he's Double D. Yeah, Doug Desher, Double D. Yep. Um, Carolyn is the general. Because we always salute her when she—I don't know how the hell that happened. I—I—I I, I think I did. I saluted her for, for some weird freaking reason.
0: It's funny. We actually talked about that on the episode that she did, but I ended up cutting all references to it. I <laughs> don't know. It was—I we couldn't really figure out where it came from. But uh, yeah, we do call we call her the general.
1: Yep. And I'm Tomo, named after the actor Tomo Penekeit, who apparently like I, I just I just loved when Dollhouse the TV show was running.
0: Brian O'Day, we call O'Dwa.
1: Yeah, that's an oversensationalized, you know, um, pronunciation of his last name.
0: Yeah, it gives it a little, a little bit of a of a flair. like. Sure, I don't know how not? much he likes it. I don't think he does. I,
1: I, honestly, I, I think he just accepts it.
0: Now, bringing it back to alternate realities, uh, we haven't of, touched on that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite Tom Darby stories is. <laughs> The day you were uh, smoking cigarettes with the, the Chinese guys behind the behind the shopping plaza here. Oh, God. So to set this up, actually, you know, this is something that hasn't really been, been touched on yet. So, you know, to give people a little bit more of a sense of where the store is for those who, who might be listening from elsewhere. Uh, so we're located in Scarsdale, which is within the county of Westchester in New York. Uh, and specifically, we're on Central Avenue, which is, a you know, as it sounds, <laughs> you know, a, a, a main road. There's there are a lot of, you know, a lot of businesses uh, here. We are in the Acropolis Shopping Plaza. Uh, on one end is the Mexican restaurant Maya, which was discussed in the previous episode. Uh, we don't go there anymore. And nope. if you want to know why, you can listen to that episode. And then uh, next to that is a dry cleaner that I go to. There's a deli, Frank and Joe's. Uh, then we have alternate it's realities. Us. Us. Uh, Next to us is a uh, (laughs) massage parlor. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Yep. Uh, (laughs) The haircutting place. Yeah, the haircutting place. And then at the the other end uh, is this as a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, Pagoda. Pagoda. So one year, uh, I think it was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday, which is, again, the day the new comic books come out. It's the day that we're in the store breaking down the new shipment. You and I were working together at that point, I believe. We were, yep. And uh, it snowed, and as a result, heavily. You, yeah, you heavily. D- you didn't, but you know the the, the comics must come out, uh, so we were still still going to open, still going to break down the shipment. But you didn't want to risk driving in your car.
1: No, no, definitely. It, it, it was a it was a huge snowstorm, so I took the train from Crestwood to Scarsdale.
0: Oh, I thought you walked all the way from no, uh, no, from no Eastchester. No,
1: no, no. that was that would been quite impressive. Though
0: I mean, I have to. I mean, if you had done it. It would have been quite a trek, but it's not unbelievable. No, no. And
1: again, um, walking from Scarso Train Station to Alternate Realities, that itself is quite a trek. That's a big hill yeah. in, in the snow. Yeah. So I was trudging through the snow.
0: Right. So you, you got here, and Steve wasn't here yet, and you didn't have a key to the store yet, correct? Nope. We're gonna, we'll get to your key, your, your key <laughs> situation. Uh, but so you got here. Steve's not here yet. You don't have a key to the store. So what did you do? So I was kinda of
1: pacing around um trying to figure out my next move because I had figured he's probably still stuck in traffic or he's at UPS. It could be a while until someone gets here. Um and I, I got this I got this radical sensation or not sensation but notion to just all right, you know, there the, the the Chinese restaurant has a walk in cooler um out in the back. And some of these guys I guess they take their breaks out there. And there's milk crates set up where they just sit and just take their break. So no one was there. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll just just perch myself in this point until hopefully Steve will get here sometime soon. So I kind of made myself at home, um, just sitting in their little break area. And I guess like five minutes into my, you know, me staying there, they had come out. And they kind of looked at me like, you know, they're puzzled, Like, why is this guy just hanging out here? So, they they didn't say much. Um, but they, they gestured to me, do you want a cigarette? Because they pulled out a pack and they just kind of handed it to me. And I didn't know what to do. I'm not a smoker. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what they were going to do. They could have been like, get the hell out of here. So, I kind of like just took one. Uh, I took a drag, I
0: guess. Oh, and- did you? You know, I was only joking. I didn't think you actually smoked with them, but you did.
1: Like, it was, it was, for, it was like for a second. It was for a second. <laughs> just to keep up appearances. Um, but... Yeah, it, it, it was so funny. Like, those guys were just kind of like, all right, he's here. Let's just, you know, let's offer him something. Well, how come you didn't just go into the deli next door? Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> no, that that's a very good question. And uh, me, I guess, I don't know whether it's pride or not, but I felt that, like, why would I just hang out there? It, it, it's kind of like loitering. Well, I will. I mean, yeah, I mean. I didn't want to loiter. Right. That, that, that's, 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 my, that's my, you know, that's my reason why I didn't go into the deli.
0: I mean, one of our pet peeves, any of us who have worked here, I think, would share this is um, browsers, but more particularly, because browsers are their own category, but people in particular who are really just in here, not even really to browse, but just to kill time while they're waiting for a table at the Mexican restaurant. Right. Because we would experience this a lot, especially when I used to work, uh, when I used to close on Fridays. Friday night people go to the restaurant they're waiting for their table they come in and it's like I'm trying to close out and get out of here and you know you have to wait for them and so that would be frustrating so I mean I can understand why you didn't want to do that to our to our neighbors there. But you could have gotten a, you know a coffee and a newspaper
1: that's true again I have no idea why the hell I didn't do that all right
0: we wouldn't have had as good a story then no
1: I, I contend I probably would have done the same thing because again just for you know just for a good story a good laugh but it, it was, uh, yeah, just this this guy, me, just sitting with the Chinese,
0: with the Chinese guys, uh, just smoking cigarettes. That's did, it. What did, did would they talk to you? No, they didn't talk. Did to they me. talk to each other? Yeah. Oh, in Chinese? Yeah, of course. Were they did they, do, were they like playing cards or anything or no? no they were just they were talking. just, just, just talking, talking and smoking. smoking. That's, That's it. it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and they didn't tell me I had to move. They didn't gesture to to shoot. <laughs> they just let me just hang out. <laughs>
0: You know, that is actually good of them. I mean, that's you know they would have been perfectly justified to be like, who are you? Get out of here. Exactly.
1: You don't work here. You're not, you know, why are you in our, our, our prep area? <laughs> I, I just kind of invaded their territory.
0: Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Good story. I always love that. A-
1: and eventually Steve got here. Opened <laughs> the
0: door. Yeah. And he was
1: like, why the hell did you come here? And I was like, I, I, I got to make money and I got to get my books.
0: Yeah. So those Chinese guys, they did write by you then but sometime later i remember they yelled at us because we were throwing out boxes in the dumpster behind the store we were not breaking them down right oh okay so here's i think i remember what happened so what we're supposed to do what we normally do like every other time (laughs) we in any boxes that we're throwing out we break them down first so you know keep a keep boxes flat keep them flat and throw them out but this particular day um, well, this is really another story that we can get into, but uh, the fire marshal was putting a little pressure on us to, uh, to clear <laughs> to out the clean split. up. <laughs> so we're going to come back to that, but um, we were really in a rush, so we weren't breaking down the boxes. We were just throwing them we were into chucking the dumpster. The... Yeah, exactly. And these guys came out, and they're yelling at us. Yeah, all of a sudden,
1: you know, it, 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 I'm going to contend that they weren't the same guys because the, the guys who, who 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 did right by me that one day, they're, they're going to be, like, forever, you know, awesome people. So I'll contend that these guys were totally different. Oh, yeah, so one day we were just throwing out boxes, throwing out the garbage, and this guy starts freaking yelling at us. Like, you can't throw that garbage in that dumpster. And we were like, who the hell are you? Who are you to say we can't throw out the garbage into the dumpster? I mean, granted, sure, we didn't break them down, and there's limited space in the dumpster, and they have their stuff. But again, why can't they break down their boxes? Yeah. So we were just kind of throwing throwing a loop right there.
0: And you were like, it's me. It's the guy. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Remember the time it snowed?
1: <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not.
0: So now at that point, you didn't have a key to the store, but then you did get one.
1: I finally got it. I think it was after that incident. I was like, Steve, I just went through hell pretty much. I walked here. Um, and just to, just to you know give a little closure to that story, Sean came in eventually and drove me home. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Sean. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I, I had asked him. I was like, Steve, you know, come on. I, I, I need a key. So eventually there was some spare keys in the back and he said just you can take one now because you here on a Wednesday regularly so you should have one.
0: I mean you did run into a little situation with well you ran into sort of two situations with the key. <laughs> one was when you came in to go through the shipment because there was something in particular that you were looking for, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. This this I, I really probably should have thought twice about. You got in a
0: little hot water with Steve, right?
1: I did, I did. Um, so just just for everyone listening out there um, I'm a big art collector and there was an opportunity to get a J. Scott Campbell um, sketch cover um, with a with a hand drawn sketch on the uh, on the cover obviously so i, I you know i had i'd ask steve you know can you order the amount of Danger Girl comic books to be eligible to get this hand drawn sketch so he said fine i'll as long as you pay you know the cost of the books i'll order it for you i was really motivated to get this so i came in on a tuesday and by that time, Steve had the books on Tuesday. Um, sometimes he broke them down. Sometimes he just kind of left them there until Wednesday. So I, I'd come in on a Tuesday night, um, hoping that I'll be able to get my to get my book. I'll, I'll leave the cash by the by the register just so that you know I wasn't t- taking the book. Um, so when I got there, the shipment was not broken down. Um, I looked through the, the top boxes to see if I could if I can get to the book easily. Um, it wasn't there. So what I did was, I actually broke down the shipment by myself that night. Uh, and me personally, I'm very very neat and organized. So I broke down the shipment by title in these nice little piles where the titles you know were supposed to be. So it wasn't things weren't missing and thrown around carelessly. I was very very careful to keep everything in one place. Um, I, and again, I was still looking for this for this for this book. And it turns out it wasn't even there. Diamond had shorted uh, Steve the book, so I was like, "Fuck, man! I I I wasted like two hours breaking down the shipment for nothing." Um, when I came in on Wednesday, I was in for a really really huge surprise. Steve was so pissed at me, and I didn't really know why, but I had I had a feeling. Um, and for the longest time, he wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't. He wouldn't say hi when I would come in, he wouldn't engage me in conversation. So I was thinking like, wow, like what could I have possibly done? And I I, I came back to the fact that I came in and I, I I messed up his system. I broke down the shipment. I changed, I changed things on him on, on a Wednesday where he's very, very stressed out. He's under a a pressure to, you know, get all the books filed away before two o'clock. And I'm thinking to myself, I did him a favor. I broke down. The, I broke down the books. They're all in their nice little piles. He can just take them and count them and put it and put aside the books that he needs. So I thought I didn't do anything wrong. Um, eventually, this must have been gone, going on for maybe like two or three months, and I finally asked him. I was like, you know, Steve, um, are you upset that I broke down the shipment? And finally, he said, Yeah, I am. So I said, See, I'm really sorry that I did that. I was just looking for the book. I, I was just really you know, excited to get it. And he was like, don't do that ever again. And I was like, all right, all right. His store, his way, nothing I could really say about that.
0: But again, very, very bizarre. And then eventually, I mean, you still have your key, but you you got word that he wanted it back, right? Yeah, secondhand. Uh,
1: Apparently he had told Sean or you that he wanted me to return the key. Again, he didn't tell me directly. And I, I was I was pretty pissed off about that. I was like, that that's no reason to respond that way. You know, him saying, don't do that again, you messed me up. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't have fought it. I understand. It's not my store. It's not, it's not how he wants things done. I get that. So had he just said, you know, or, or even give me the key back. I'm pissed at you. Right. I, I don't trust you anymore. Okay.
0: Right. So, but he never told you directly. So you, you, you still it you, you still have it. I do for a completely unrelated reasons. Steve actually just recently had to change the locks. I think it would be great if now you walk in and you hand him the key. Just and pretend totally... you don't know. <laughs> pretend you don't know that he had to change the locks and just be like, Steve, listen, I know, you know, I don't work here anymore. I just want you to have the key back.
1: Just totally like play it off that I don't know what happened and just you know, or, or I could say, you know, here is the key back that you wanted before. <laughs> Yeah. It's kinda like, you know, rub a little salt in the wound.
0: Now one of our other adventures here, and you experienced this even more than I did, was I think I got uh, crapped on the most here. Was the fire marshal, when the fire marshal came in and uh, and gave you a hard time, right? Oh my
1: god. I I was I was I was really scared by this, legitimately.
0: Now again, for for people who are familiar with the store or those who have seen the pictures or heard us talking about it I mean it's not too surprising. I mean there's not a ton of uh of Lucky area space? to walk, yeah. So what? So you were working here by yourself.
1: Yep. So it was it was a Friday, um, around the time where you were supposed to get here. Okay. So it was around.
0: Yeah. So I was sitting in the car waiting for the you for were the sitting, minute to change.
1: <laughs> you were waiting in the car. and You probably saw the fire marshal come in. So probably well, you're probably just you know sitting in your car like we'll see what happens here. But in any case, um, the fire marshal comes in about two thirty ish, and he had, and he had asked me kind of can we do an inspection. And I'm thinking to myself, if I say no, that could end up bad for me and bad for the store. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Do, do your little run through. Because I'm thinking to myself, everything's up to code. Because Steve has to keep that up or else he's going to be shut down. So I, I, let him, I let him do their inspection. So they had toured the back room and they could not get by. So they had come out, one of the, one of the guys, and said, basically, you need to clean up that back room. Because for, if, if for some reason we need to get back get back here in the middle of the, in, the, in the evening, and we don't know where the lights are. So we're just bumbling around in the dark. We can't get our equipment and the people directly to where a problem might be happening in the back room. So he wanted he wanted me to clean up that entire back room so that so that uh, figurative so, so theoretically, um, a fireman and his equipment can get by with no problem, no obstructions. And he had told me this, he had said that if I didn't clean it up, he was going to have to close the store and find me. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck that shit. You're not going to find my ass. This isn't my fucking mess. I was fucking steaming. So I was like, all right, you know, he said you would come back at five. I'll have to check on to make sure that everything was done. And he gave me like this, uh, his card basically and the write up of it. So again, I'm panicking. Because I don't know if this guy's going I mean, I wasn't gonna give him my name or anything. I would I would have left.
0: Um, my name's Steve Odo.
1: <laughs> my name's Steve Odo, yeah. <laughs> I live at this address. Yeah, so he had said he'd could come back at five o'clock to make sure that, you know, everything was done up to code. So I was panicking and I called Steve on on the phone. And I was like, Steve, you know, like the fire marshal came in, he was trying to like shut us down and find you. Um, you know, you, you gotta, you know, tell me what to do. The fucking guy never got back to me. And then when I approached about him later, he laughed about it. I was I was so beside myself that I was I was like if this happens again, I'm just going to lock the door and go home.
0: Well right, cuz I mean you were taking it seriously.
1: I was. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so I remember, and you came in, and then I came in. I remember I mean, that's we were cleaning, we were moving bookcases and, and clearing the boxes out of the way. That's when we were throwing the boxes into the dumpster, oh, without yeah. breaking them down, oh yeah. And that's that's what led to you know to uh, the the Chinese oh, yeah. uh, yep. retaliation, <laughs> not retaliation. The Chinese were mad at us that day. <laughs> they were mad at us that day. Yeah. Well, all of that only fueled the uh, the rage that burns within you. I mean, oh, we yeah. we always say, and I think you 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 have to agree. That, I embrace it. that. That. Uh, you know, for Green Lantern fans out there, uh, there's a whole spectrum, the emotional spectrum, and each one represents something different. So green is willpower. That's the Green Lantern character. But then there's also the the red, the Red Lantern, the Red Ring, and that that symbolizes rage. So we've always said if someone had to get the Red Ring, it'd be you.
1: I agree. I agree. <laughs> there have been so many times, or I've just been so pissed off with something happened in the store. And I wasn't afraid to, you know, let everyone else know.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I actually thought you were going to be... I don't know. I thought the ring was going to be glowing tonight. I didn't, you, know, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, my God. But you sort of live by the mantra of you take everything personally.
1: I do. I do. It it, it's, it's, it, ha- it goes back to my, my years in retail at Stop and Shop. And I've been there for 15 years. And basically, if, if you don't stand up for yourself... And defend yourself to the best of your ability. You're gonna get shit on, and I, I, I've I've seen people um, get taken advantage of. Um, people have tried to blame me for things I haven't done, so it only really toughened me out. So I, I after all those years and you know taking a lot of abuse from you know higher ups and other bosses, that's that's how I that's how I look at things now. I, I don't think things lying down if if I'm confronted with something I will give you everything I got
0: yeah well it's funny because you always say take everything personally but I remember I forget what movie it was but oh, yeah. I asked you if you wanted to see it and I you did. said no so I made other arrangements and saw it or maybe I even saw it myself I can't remember <laughs> and then you came into the store I was working and I was like oh what's going on and you were like oh I just came from seeing that movie and I'm like I thought you didn't want to see it we could you know we could have gone and would you remember what you said to me Don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. I said, what? I said, you're the one who taught me to take everything personally.
1: I know. (laughs) What a little slip up right there.
0: Uh, Now, you mentioned working at Stop and Shop, and that was actually something I wanted to touch on because, right, your retail experience extends beyond the comic book shop. You worked at at Stop and Shop. Now, one thing that's really interesting, you know, we've spoken a lot about, um, you know, again, Steve's ordering and the overstock and all of that stuff. Um, and I wanted to get your perspective because at, at the supermarket, obviously, you know, they, things have a shelf life. So I don't know. I mean, has, has sort of that supermarket mentality uh, sort of influenced your thinking towards the store
1: in any way? It's completely influenced my ability. But it's basically what I bring to the store because, as you said before, um, I work in the produce department and everything has a shelf life. And there's a consequence as well. Um, people have to report to other bosses. So if you overorder order and, and, and something goes rotten, you can't sell that later on. You can't sell someone a yellow bunch of broccoli. It's clearly garbage. So what you don't sell, you throw out. And when that accumulates, if you order 100 cases of you know, potatoes and it sits there for a month, you can't resell that. That goes in the garbage. When that happens, something called the shrink goes up. And your bosses see that. So if you're throwing out a lot of stuff, they're coming in and they're going to ask you, why are you throwing out all of this stuff? Why are you not ordering properly? Why aren't you following the trends? Why aren't you ordering for what the customers want? And with that, if you don't have a good answer, they're going to say you're suspended because you are costing us money. And that's how I see things. This stuff has a shelf life. You have to get it out, get it out fast. And with produce, it happens in a day. Things can rot in a day. And Steve is very, very lucky that
0: books don't rot <laughs> overnight. I thought about that too. I mean, he's lucky in the sense that, like, again, if you're a restaurant and, you know, you have to close because of bad weather or whatever other situation you might have, you know that you know, the money that you would have made for that day, you don't make it and that's it. Whereas here, it's like if he has to close... You know the people who are going to come in on Thursday to pick up their books, and they might come in on Friday. Right, it's but not they like, still like get it's a complete lot. Right. Uh, now I see you have a list of stuff here that you came in with. What 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 sorts of things uh, did you want to talk about that we might not have we might not have gotten to yet?
1: Oh, let's talk about uh, St. Louis.
0: Ah, St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis. Uh, so the film that I made about the store, my comic shop documentary, it, it played at a number of, of film festivals, which. Uh, you know, I I came to learn that not all film festivals are are created equal. <laughs> Some are better than others. Um it, it played at uh, one in the city called New Filmmakers, it played up in uh in Buffalo at the Buffalo Niagara Film Festival. Uh it played at the San Diego Comic-Con Film Festival, which it kills me to say is probably my biggest disappointment because, you know, this is an event attended by 130,000 people, I think. So many people. So many people there. And I had maybe 20 people in the room during the screening. And that was actually more than a number of the other screenings had. Uh, so just, again, as I've come to learn, in terms of the way a festival is, is organized and promoted, um, you know, there's really a range. In general, it's a fun experience. You get to, you know, watch the movie with an audience, which is really cool. I always like that.
1: And you met Zepanga.
0: And I did get to meet Danielle Fishel at the San Diego Comic-Con. So that was fun. That was, I met her and Ryder Strong, Uh, Because he had a short film that was there uh, that he uh, directed, I think, or co-directed, and uh, she was there to support him. So that was nice. That was before the Girl Meets World resurgence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So I thought
1: that was a nice little, you know, uh, uh, I want to say consolation prize but it was a nice little
0: pleasant, it was a pleasantry, Yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 no, no, it was fun. It was a cool experience. And I remember you were like, you
1: said, oh, look on Facebook, look on Facebook. And I was like, all right, what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, that's Topanga.
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, but I'm happy to say that the festival that, that you attended with me uh, was probably the best one in terms of, of the way it was just organized oh, and promoted. Yeah. agreed. And this is the St. <laughs> Louis uh, International Film Festival. It's a fest that's been around uh, for over 20 years now. And uh so it played there in November of 2011 I believe and uh and you came with me we flew out there. Uh and it was I mean it, I just remember it being a really great time. I mean what what's your uh your memory of it?
1: I thought it was, it was it was such a blast I think. In addition to, you know, seeing seeing your film with an audience doing the Q&A um with them, um also seeing the other movies. Um honestly like the reason why I like indie movies now is probably because of that film festival.
0: You know, going to the box office and hearing people like request a ticket for the for my movie was like really cool. Yeah, well, must have been. Uh, and it was a really nice turnout. And then I also saved our lives by taking us to the chicken shop. Remember that? Oh
1: yeah. So yeah, we were we were out um, trying to see what we could watch that night, the first night of the festival. Yeah. And we were wandering through to St. Louis, um, and all of a sudden, um, this crazy individual—he um, was like screaming obscenities. In and around our area, um, it could have been towards us. So you got the idea, like, all right, we got to get out of here, you know, because <laughs> that's kind of your phrase. <laughs> we go, we got to go. <laughs> so there was a church's chicken nearby, and you were just like, let's just go in here and wait it out. Luckily, the guy just went on went on his merry way. Um, and But we still contend that you saved us that, 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 that evening, yeah, the church's well, chicken. Yeah.
0: I mean, I just figured it was well lit. There were some people there. Um, and I was trying to be sly about it. I was like, "Oh, let's just go check out this place." And you're like, "I don't want chicken." I know, right? <laughs> I totally blew our spot up. <laughs> That's it. now what you're referring to as far as my uh, "let's get out of here" thing is. Uh, you, oh, you, me, and I'll never live this down. But it's all right. Uh, you, Great me, story, you, me, and Sean went to see Pineapple Express at City Center, which is the main movie theater in White Plains, which is just uh, a couple towns over from where we are at Alternate Realities. And um, in the middle of the movie. We hear a loud groan, I guess, from the back row. And we didn't know what was going on, but I mean, it was loud. Like, it disrupted the movie. It got everyone's attention. Right. You know, I guess my first instinct was like, something, you know, there's danger.
1: Something bad's happening. Right.
0: Right. So Sean stands up. And I, I, I thought he wanted. <laughs> I thought he wanted to leave, which I was on board with. I fully, <laughs> I fully admit I was on board with. with so I said, he got up and I was like, "Oh, are we leaving?" <laughs> And I've never been able to live that down. But as it turned out, uh, Sean was went up to see if the guy needed help, and it, right, and it turned out the guy was having a seizure.
1: Right. Yeah. That was that that was quite the day. We were like, "What is going on?" And the manager came in. Um, they had called like the fire department and the ambulance to come check on this guy.
0: Yeah. We always joked like this, guy, like he wakes up, it's like Sean standing over <laughs>
1: exactly, giving like mouth to mouth, whatever it is. Yes,
0: yeah, so that was one of our uh, again, as you mentioned before. You know, we 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 consider. Ourselves, You, me, Sean, and Rich as an honorary member, we consider ourselves the team. So that was one of our team adventures.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the team started when we, when the three of us work at the store together. Um, and I thought it'd be cool just to coin the term, you know, we're the team, because we get things done, we do things effectively, and, you know, make some money for the store.
0: So, you know, episode two is called The Gunny Sack, and Rich gave us the origin of, of The Gunny Sack. You have, have taken the concept of The Gunny Sack and, and just run with it. Oh, yeah.
1: It's a, it's a plethora of transgressions.
0: Yeah, every transgression you've suffered, you you place it in your, your metaphorical gunny sack and you carry it with you. And you,
1: you know, if, if something reminds you of it, you kind of bring it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have, you have, it's not just one gunny sack that you have. I mean, you have multiple gunny sacks. You have Each person has their own gunny sack. Absolutely.
1: If, if, if I've met you, you have a gunny sack. Yeah, and in that I have something that I don't like about you.
0: Do you want to unload any of? Do you want to unload any gunny sacks here on this on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> I
1: don't know how much is going to cut out? <laughs> I, I hate to pick on Rich, but <laughs> oh. but um, but again, like Rich, Rich, gu- Rich the gunny sack that I have for Rich it, it, it is so trivial and so so silly. But I like to tease him about it. Um, I would always get upset. When he would call you first,
0: oh, with, yeah. with his
1: plans for Saturday, because I would always call him the middle of the week, leave multiple messages. You know, um, obviously he would listen to him, but then he would apparently call you or Sean first. And when he would get around to talking to me, he you know, he would always say, "I spoke to Sean and Anthony already." So of course I took that very personally, and I still carry that around. Um, and I have a little, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, angerness, I guess, towards you a little bit. <laughs> towards it, it, towards me, it, it, a, little, a little bit. A little okay. bit. a little bit. It's more like jealousy, but whatever. We'll call. <laughs> but yeah, so like I would always, I would always get so like irritated. And again, I, I'm I'm just joking around with them. And I would say like, you you gonna call Anthony first?
0: Has there is there anything that's been said by anyone in prior episodes that really caught your attention, or anything that you wanted to either agree or disagree with? You
1: know, for those of you know, because you guys made a big deal about the friendships uh, in Rich's episode, um, and one of your posts was, um, "Can you guess how many times Rich mentions the friendships?" Um, it was seven. I counted them.
0: Yeah, you counted seven I times. He, I did. It was funny because he really. I mean, again, he came in. I I know because he was very clear that he he wanted to talk about the friendships. He yeah. told me ahead of time. And then yeah, made made seven references to it he throughout did. the episode. He did. Yeah. It's I have to say, I mean, I expected you to be sad about not seeing Rich as much, but I don't know, I feel like your your sadness over the store. I'm a little surprised by how you know, by by the fact that you are expressing this sadness. Uh-huh. Not that I expected you to be like I don't care, but I don't know, <laughs> I just sort of uh I don't know. He's more sentimental about it than I thought you would be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, what, I, what I tell my, ki- my, my students is that um, because they're always in a rush to grow up, and I always make the reference that when you're young, you always want to rush and grow up real fast. But when you, once you hit like, your 20s and you're in your job, you always reminisce about the past, and you always want to you know, go back to high school for one day or go back to your college years when you didn't have responsibility. So I feel that you know, because the store you know is is not going to be here anymore. Um, all all I'm, I'm going to have are, are my memories, and and it's, and to not be able to make new ones, is it, it, sad to me. Yeah, it's funny, and, yeah. and I've mellowed, <laughs> I've mellowed a lot.
0: Well, I thank you very much for being a guest on this episode. It was a lot of fun to uh, relive our our greatest hits.
1: Definitely, and <laughs> just say, getting older, you always remember like the good times.
0: Well, on that note, once again, thank you for joining me for this episode.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great, so yeah. much fun.
0: Again, please remember, make some noise. Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in uh, for the remaining episodes. We are now officially halfway through my comic shop history. So we've done six episodes. We got six more coming your way, and in the meantime, don't be a flat squirrel.